I am in hell. Uh, you are in hell, yes. Hey, uh, not just you, buddy. Look at the state of uh, the country. Well, I, I think I'd rather be here than in Iowa. That's, uh, that's a bit of humor, of course. Hello, world. Uh, you are now listening to Rock Hard Caucus. This is a podcast produced in the state of Iowa by people who live in Iowa. We talk about news and politics and culture and anything else that we want to. I don't have a standard introduction for this show, as you can probably tell from the uh, hesitation and <laughs> strange word choice that comes up every time I start the show. My name is Justin Comer. I have two regular hosts with me tonight. We've got Evan. E. That's Evan Jones, the ungoogleable name. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> and we've got Natalie Harwood. Hey. Hey, Natalie. It's good to have you back. And uh, we have something very exciting for today's episode. Joining us from the number one anarcho comedy show on any station across the nation, Street Fight Radio. Please welcome to Rock Hard Caucus, Brett Payne. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Um, I re- do remember meeting a few of you uh, in Des Moines and then also in D.C., so uh, I'm sure it'll be a good time. And thanks for inviting me. I don't get it. I don't get it as invited onto many podcasts. There's a lot of Brian's out there. Very few Bretts. There's not a lot of people trying to book the Brett experience. <laughs> We're glad to have you. Yeah, I was telling you before we started recording, but I've I've wanted to have you on the show since we began. So it's very exciting to have you finally on the show. He's really, really pumped, and I am too. It's the but- uh, it's the Iowa Ohio connection. The only two states that have three vowels and a consonant in their name. Wow. It's true. <laughs> did you get did y'all get a Brack Show song about your state? Ooh. We had the Ohio song. I don't believe was pretty so. Good. Celebrated the spelling and everything, but Yeah, damn. Yeah. You got one. Well, I know the, the Devo, the high high in the middle and, and round on the ends thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> also, I I was a big fan of Iowa when I was there. It did feel very familiar. People try to break us apart and say that, you know, we're not the same, but, uh, you know, there, there was, it felt like a lot of this, a similar culture and place and reminded me of home being there. Uh, there's places like when we were in Texas, um, everybody down there is batshit insane. (laughs) Um, and like their own island, they're all like Yosemite Sam's and Samettes. And, uh, they're just, (laughs) but we got, we got a break where we got to go to, uh, Kansas City. And it was chill because it was the Midwest again, and everybody there was just kind of, you know, was what didn't want to bother you, but wanted to say something, and yeah, yeah. weren't like trying to roll you into their wild like world, <laughs> their 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 new country that they're trying to start or anything. <laughs> you know, it's just someone being like, I fucking, you know, I do fucking love Cincinnati chili. I don't know why people talk <laughs> shit about it. <laughs> the fucking skyline, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah. Evan and I, we met you in person at the Street Fight show in Des Moines. Was that 2018? Is that I right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so Pretty coming sure. up on two years ago now. Uh, I was hoping that today we could kind of continue uh, the conversation that we had after your show, which was uh, Brett and Evan talking about drugs, and then <laughs> I just say, whoa, cool, every few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right on. Actually, I have a tribute to Brett here. Uh, I have a gravity bong next to me. I have a <laughs> uh, nice little AC Greaves uh, piece, which is a very handy device. It'll turn anything into a like any bottle into a smoking device instantly. So like oh. I've listened to a lot of Street Fight, and like I always hear it's always Brett like hitting the loud, <laughs> like loudly on the show, which I respect. Yeah. So like I have a tribute for you. I'm about to I'm about to hit this piece. Yeah, make it loud so everybody here knows what's going on. Um, you know, a lot of the listeners to the show that we get uh, when it comes to the coast, there's a lot of people that lived in like Western Pennsylvania or from the Midwest or West Virginia that are like it just reminds me of like hanging out after midnight and like all the 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 uh Brian drinks so many seltzers during the show and burps and sounds like he's like you know getting hiccups and shit uh but it's just seltzer water and he's cracking cans and then I always I I mean I Honestly, a lot of my weed smoking is just I'm in a pickle. Like I dropped something, I dropped a piece, or like I didn't clean something, and then all of a sudden I got to do a dab on the show, and I'm like, "Fuck this! This blowtorch is really loud, and it's gonna be like 14 <laughs> seconds or more of blowtorch." It's fine when Brett and Evan do it, but when I do it, Justin says that I sound stupid. <laughs> oh no! Wait, wait, wait! Everybody, you, you can't I'm sound stupid. Wor- you said I'm a worse podcaster when I'm. <laughs> uh, I, I don't remember saying that. Right. You did. <laughs> hey, that's important to know though, because Brian gets pretty squirrely on it. He doesn't really perform on weed, so he's uh, he's definitely made that decision for himself. So, you know, it's whatever. But uh, I'm just am a comfortable, uh, just always punishing myself with THC. <laughs> Where am I again right now? I don't know if we can hear anything, but Justin can definitely. Uh, juice my mic in the fucking edit yeah I'll, I'll i'll pump that up really loud i heard just kind of a breath noise <laughs> yeah well and i always listen to like like what was popular when i was uh younger was like uh you know cypress hill oh yeah and like doc dr green thumb and stuff and they would do the all that stuff oh, yeah. before and it was like the best and uh you know, I uh, recently moved in. I recently bought a house, actually, in January, and luckily enough, my neighbor turned out being a 58 year old metalhead uh, that looked up Street Fight and fucking <laughs> loves what we do. Nice, nice dude. <laughs> yeah. So I lucked into that. I don't know where I was. Sa- I don't know where I was going with that though. I don't. I just got lost. I feel like. Have you ever heard the? Uh- soundtrack to judgment night yes that's a legendary that's a fucking legendary i like there's lots of great crossovers and we we listen to that on the road a lot but go ahead oh i was just gonna say i know there's that cypress hill joint with fucking sonic youth which is such a fucking weird mashup that's a good one yeah yeah it it kind of works fun the way that stuff happened yeah that's a fucking great album i listened to the uh the last action hero has a fucking really good exclusive like megadeth songs and weird uh other metal shit that's just actually decent like it's just dangerous loud angry music i'm like i couldn't imagine them trying to get kids to watch a movie and putting that kind of shit in it nowadays you know (laughs) yeah um, but what I was going to say about my neighbor was that he told me, he confessed to me that like he hates, he grew up in a way where he feels bad about smoking weed or using weed or whatever. And that he just really is, uh, it really he makes him happy that we just talk about like, you know, weed recipes on the air and, 
and are open about it. Um, you know, Brian and I, from like the beginning when we decided to do the show, was like, we're going to openly do this stuff so that way, because we're allowed to be, we're allowed to, we're allowed to risk everything because uh, this is all we do. So no one can like get us fucking fired for being ourselves. Yeah. Um, but we we believe in like being out loud and proud to everybody to let people to just change the perspective of what people think about this stuff. Absolutely. Sorry. <laughs> no, leave that in. Oh, that was me. That was I good. had to, uh, you know, I had to provide the can popping noise since Evan gave us the bong. <laughs> I just, t- I just took a hit and I directed it at you, Justin. <laughs> Get his ass. Right. I need to address this accusation, Natalie. I think I probably said that you are better when you're not high. That's probably okay. how I framed okay. it. Okay. Okay. That's, you know, that's the same thing as saying you're worse when you are, but okay. Yes, but I Ju- say it Justin, more nicely. Justin, you're, you're a sober guy? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, that's that's fine. I he's, don't have any issues with that. I don't certainly think it's for everybody, you know. Um, different strokes for different folks. He's a, a real, real cool sober guy friend. Yeah, so. that's great. It's good to have. He seemed fine. He seemed fine to me. <laughs> sober allies for the win <laughs> yes didn't make you feel bad and shit yeah no I, I mean i i don't partake myself but i have no issues with it people seem to have a good time you know getting intoxicated so i'm all for it yeah he says legalize all drugs so we're fine he's cool yeah we're in that's agreement good. there yeah that's good <laughs> yeah uh so as i mentioned we've been We've been hoping to have you on the show for a very long time, but we recently had uh, a good opportunity to just have a reason to ask you to come on the show. So Street Fight Radio, they release zines on their Patreon, which I believe that's the $3 tier. You get the digital copy. Is that right, Brett? Yeah, uh, but that I don't think that's going to be lasting for very long. Uh, we're going to have to redo it. But yeah, three dollars right now is the digital. Um, Five dollars, I think, is going to be where it's at. Oh shit! I'm a three dollar subscriber. I got. Are you? I got. Yes, I am. <laughs> I got. Well, I mean, I got. I game. mean, I, it's fine. No, it's fine. I mean, I can make it work. Um, it certainly makes sense. But I guess the physical zine is where I need to make the most changes. But I'm glad to to hear your feedback. Oh yeah, no no problems, dude. <laughs> but the zine, yeah, the zine is like a huge project um, that we're behind on, but catching up. But it's still fun to do. Yeah, I mean, I always enjoy getting them, even if they are a little bit late. But your most recently released one, the subject, the theme of the issue was uh, small business tyrants, and I believe this is the the second small business tyrants issue that you've released, right? It this, is. Yeah, this yep. is a sequel. And that issue of the Street Fight zine features an article by me. I wrote something for Street Fight. I'm not, uh, I don't really consider myself a writer. I don't enjoy writing that much, but I, I had an idea <laughs> in mind and I figured it'd be fun to write for you guys. And they paid me to do it. So it was, it was a great experience all around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like to uh, get different opinions from people that maybe aren't you know, uh, usually writers or don't you normally get to, to express themselves or get paid. We have a lot of people that write for us and they're like, I don't really need any money. No one's ever paid me. And I'm like, well, (laughs) I mean, your experience, your experience is worth something. You know, I'd like, I like to, to hear your point of view and it's a good way to, to spread the money around too, I think. Yeah. I think that's a great model, uh, to live by. People should get paid for 
everything they do, basically, <laughs> regardless of skill or experience. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, we usually we keep it in like the you know fifty dollar range or something. It's and you know I figure if someone spends two to three hours writing something, that's that's you know more than enough to uh, to uh, you know perk up your day. Fifty bucks is nice. It's I better than it. that machine wonk site where people go and just like do random tasks for money for like Amazon. <laughs> oh yeah, Amazon MTurk where you're, M-Turk, you're getting yeah, paid. exactly. You'll get paid a dollar ninety nine to do like a, a fake review of a product of something. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> Sometimes even less. Much better than that. Uh, so in that piece, I wrote about uh, my first ever job or the first job that had like a paycheck and a wage. Uh, I did sort of odd job shit before that, but my first job was for Marco's Pizza in Cedar Rapids, and I wrote about the guy who opened that franchise. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to tell any of those stories on the podcast today because you have to go and buy the zine to read that. But I figured we could have a discussion today about uh, maybe the first jobs we had, jobs we had when we were really young, and just work in general, because uh, that's kind of a central theme of both of our shows is work and how it sucks it sucks so bad i've had so many bad jobs oh (laughs) same (laughs) so many bad jobs yeah i'm in an interesting spot i was doing a podcast with a guy today that's also a dad and just uh trying to explain to your kid my kid is doing so much better than i had it and you know she asked for something like a power wheels and I have to tell her that like that's worth that that's like a hundred happy meals basically, <laughs> and so that the next if she foregoes the next one hundred happy meals, then she can go ahead and uh, get a power wheels or something. I'm trying to make it make sense um, because when I I honestly when I was around her age is when I started cutting grass. I would go cut grass for five dollars at seven and eight years old um, because people would pay me to do it in the neighborhood and they didn't want to do it, and I would just do it for nothing five dollars uh to do the front and backyard and that's how i got started and every ever since then i had i had a uh paper route because that was being able that's what you could do when you're under 14 in uh in ohio you could get paper route so i did that for several years uh absolute hell my mom (laughs) helped with most of it and uh, she's a fucking saint because it's like imagine imagine your fuck off skateboarder loser (laughs) 15 year old son is like i want to deliver papers it's like i need the van yeah you're doing it you're doing the work basically i mean did you have paper route because your son decides he wasn't yeah it's just out of nowhere you're up at four in the morning i went to bed i went to bed two hours ago and you're trying to get me up (laughs) <laughs> and you're a grown woman and you have to do a paper route because of yeah. your freaking son. And I'm keeping the money and spending but, it on like importing <laughs> Japanese video games. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> um, but like uh, after I had the paper route until I was 14 and then I found in... In my town, there was two places that hired 15-year-olds. That was Kroger's, which is a grocery store. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there is Fazoli's, which was <laughs> their slogan was Italian food fast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've got Fazoli's here, too. Oh, yeah. There's one, like, actually really close to my house that, like, delivers <laughs> yeah, to that, here. That shit's baller. The pizza it's is, so like, good. really good. <laughs> The pizza is crazy good. They put that butter on the crust and everything. It's decadent. (laughs) 
But that was my teenage job. <laughs> Never had any complaints about Fazoli's. No kidding. You could just fill yourself up for so cheap. You could just walk in and just keep yourself full for a day. <laughs> for like- <laughs> I mean, the fucking sampler platter is it lasagna, <laughs> spaghetti, and fettuccine. Damn. It's like <laughs> you, that, that, that stick to your ribs, too. That's, you're going to carry that all day with you. <laughs> I don't want to be hungry for the next 12 hours for, <laughs> right. for $10. <laughs> Better, better stop for a fuel up. <laughs> what is it? The like, <laughs> there's like a KFC that's just a, a bucket fill up or something. It's just like laying it bare that it's like, you're just here because you want to be full. You just want to mm-hmm. stuff some stuff down there. <laughs> that's what Fazoli's is. And I started I started watching NASCAR this week. What's and, uh, up, dude? Just- hey, I think that's that NASCAR. <laughs> I'm a big NASCAR fan from like back when I was a kid. That's tight. It's it's good stuff. I mean, a lot of it I can't deal with. And one of the right. things was Apple <laughs> Applebee's bowls. Oh, dude. There was these advertisements for just these giant fucking mixing bowls <laughs> filled with like rice and bread and meats <laughs> and like mayo sauces. Oh, just yeah. Just 10,000 10, calories. <laughs> right, man. NASCAR just targets right at the heart of America. <laughs> with that yeah, shit yeah yeah and those those are i mean those things are uh pretty pretty uh popular i'd say oh I mean, yeah people you gotta make five dollars for my house but you know so yeah that was my job uh was fazoli's and that was a pretty hellish job that was one where we had 23 year old managers that mm-hmm. were weird uh, with like girl co-workers oh yeah, yeah. that's where we had oh yeah relationships that just blew up and all of a sudden two <laughs> teens are fighting in the back of a place and throwing garlic butter and sauce <laughs> at each other and shit. <laughs> People coming in super drunk and just throwing up all over their shirt and just throwing it away and going to grab another shirt to go make more noodles. <laughs> it was a debauched place. Um, De- debauched. <laughs> and I could only work from like four to seven. Like it was a it was like a three hours or two hours in and out. I would just run the drive through. I was really good at sell overselling the uh, the turtle cheesecake. I'd always get people to buy it, and then I get some some reward, like a fucking pin, a pin for my hat or something. <laughs> a piece of flair. Yes, yeah, to show off, you know how how uh, good I am at selling cheesecake. <laughs> yeah, it was a wild spot. You said you started there when you were fourteen. I started there when I was 15. 15, okay. I mean, still pretty fucking young. It was very young. I mean, I couldn't drive, so I would have to, like, rollerblade to fucking uh, (laughs) work. And, of course, it snows a shitload, and, like, you can't do that all the time. (laughs) You know, you can't just skateboard, like, on ice and shit. Uh, So... I, I would like, you know, I'd have to go on these like one hour long adventures of walking all the way to fucking to my job, you know, and I, I would get up early and shit on the weekends to get more money. So like my friends would be we'd be hanging out like egging cars and shit until three or four in the morning. And then I'd get up at like seven or eight in the morning to go do a first shift because I could get more hours that way. Um, Like, I don't know. As soon as I had the opportunity to get money, it was like. I, I, you know, took it as, as much as I could. And, uh, my daughter though, I think is like, she's getting everything handed to her, which I prefer. Like, I don't <laughs> want her to be working at, I don't, I don't think like me and Brian both agree that like, I don't think that teenagers should be fucking working. Like there's just nothing 
in this world that suggests they should be in charge of our fucking food at all. Yeah. <laughs> no reason. They're not, not even close. And uh, it's not, and they need to do, they need to, we need to make sure they have like schoolwork or an interest, some sort of extracurricular thing to, for them to focus on while they still have their youth. I don't think like, I don't know, making our kids go out and, and get paid $7 an hour, you know, get paid $59 a week or something for a, a, for a paycheck and then blow it all in one video game or something. Yeah. Well, it builds character. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And also, <laughs> also, you know, also it's a place where there's 18 year olds in the mix and 19 year olds in the mix and they, they don't live at home anymore and they have a lot of weed and they have a lot of acid and they can, they'll buy you a fifth of alcohol. If you just put $10 on top of the, the price, you know, something like that, shit like that too. So it, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a pretty, I think it's a pretty fucked up environment and, you know, like, you know, you, you know, the managers of those type of places just really have to make some insane decisions and are really just keeping like a motley crew of people uh, like tame and from out boiling over or like doing something re- <laughs> regrettable. It feels like <laughs> I don't know why I went that way, but it's just how, thinking back to it, I was just like this. No, none of it should have happened. Yeah, I can't think of any like. I learned how to sell cheesecake, but I think I already, I think I had that in me. I had that in me. Like I, I could have done that at 19. I would have rather had guitar lessons or something instead, or been able to do performance arts. Oh, like, absolutely. I don't know, instead of wor- worrying about like trying to get $80 to buy a, a cool pair of fucking Nikes or something, you know? Yeah. I wasn't yeah. Uh, nearly as much of a hustler as you. So that was kind of my experience was like, I was spending all my time like playing in band and shit instead of making money that marcos thing i didn't get until i was 17 so i I wasn't trying hard to make money as a as a teenager i i started working when i was 13 i started when i was 14 yeah where do you start natalie um i was at a daycare but then i proceeded to do like i just did a bunch of like restaurant jobs and shit and i can tell you like i appreciate it especially like with you having a daughter like you don't really need to stick your teenage daughter in a like just like they're everyone's so predatory and disgusting and there's like 18 19 year old skis bags (laughs) who are inviting all the hostesses over after it just like ugh. I don't know. Yeah, there was, yeah. Uh, when I was at Marco's, there was a guy we worked with who was probably like mid-20s, and he like asked, uh, I think, 15 or 16-year-old girl uh, if she would have sex with him. And that's, I mean, that's pretty common, it seems like, in, yeah. in those environments. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's how, that's how this just old enough that, that's how they meet you. It's like you're not in high school meeting the 20-year-old guys who's a skis, so it's like, mm-hmm. no, you're at... Biagi's rent, Biagi's Ristorante Italiano, for example. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> for for example, and that's when you meet the twenty one year old guy who you think is like so cool and invites you over and like buys you a handle or whatever. And like you don't meet them at high school if you don't meet them at like if you went to like a club. So it's like all these skeezy guys have access to like teen girls because of these like part time jobs. Yeah, absolutely. Did did you did you feel that they were cool at the time, Natalie? Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I think that's obviously part of the problem. You're so impressionable right. at that age. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like that seems so old. Yeah, yeah. I had an is it is what it is thing. I think I just thought those guys were ta- were 
you know, playing the odds. Uh, I, I couldn't really feel like I had any power to stop them. You know, yeah. I should have oh, yeah. obviously done or said anything to object to it. But once again, I mean, I was, you know, uh, the next job I got after 15, when I turned 16, I was finally able to get a real restaurant job on the books. And that's when I worked at All Star Cafe in the mall. <laughs> And that was like the that was probably the heyday of, of good jobs. I got my buddy, I had a whole crew of guys in there that we were all just horrible. Uh, played football <laughs> in the back uh, instead of working. We would just <laughs> took advantage of everything and uh, yes. loved it. Just killed it. <laughs> Clocked each other in and out. We would like you know someone would leave early to go see a movie because there was a movie. It was at a mall, so there was a movie theater. So someone would be like, "Man, I want to. I got to. I got a date. I gotta." I got to go to this 11 o'clock showing. So they just leave and we would clock them out when we, with the rest of us when we left. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's a good move. Uh, now that you said you worked at a daycare when you were 13? Yeah. That's Is illegal, that isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, anybody will allow it. If they can, if they get a look at you and they trust you and it's like, yeah. no, it's for like, cash. That's, that's, the laws are fake. I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I cooked lunches for the daycares when I was 13, so. 13's an age, yeah, that you still want to help with kids. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're you're totally right. I I liked that. Like, that that was pretty cool to me. I didn't get, like, really awful jobs until I was a little bit older. <laughs> that was fine. That was chill. I just like brown hamburger for two-year-olds. It was fine. Yeah, <laughs> I liked that enough. job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I ended up at a daycare when I was, I think, 20, and I didn't mind that. That was, I don't know, kids are fun sometimes. Yeah, it could be worse. See, yeah, I mean, that's that's hard. I mean, that's impressive for a 20-year-old guy, though. I mean, they're, I'm pretty much hated babies at that point in my life. <laughs> yeah, they, they really, like, they just hired me instantly because they just, like, had no men on staff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're such a gentle soul. They can feel your aura coming off of you. <laughs> he is a gentle. See, you already know. <laughs> yeah. So, what about you, Evan? What are your 14 year old job? Uh, my first job was with a book bindery, <laughs> and my dad worked oh, for him. Oh, and also, what? I definitely empathize. There's a kid. What kind of 1800s job labor? <laughs> so, my dad was a um, cutter operator, which is like a big industrial cutter that cuts through like he would make like cards for like not hallmark but you know something similar to that and i would help him like i would go to work with him on like saturdays and earn money which eventually led to me working like like 40 hour weeks during the summer like between <laughs> like 16 and 17 yeah was, i did that all-star cafe same thing yeah it's kind of similar um yeah it's the kind of place where like everyone has like a mountain dew bottle full of like chew spit at their yeah. machine, there's yeah. a bunch of different machines. Um, my dad always yelled at management. He always was mad, pissed off because of management. And my mom eventually worked there as a secretary and took all the calls there and um, did also the payroll. And the owner of the business actually had teen daughters who would come into work on Saturday. And it was mostly just like hand. You just sit at, stand at a table and like fold cards or folders like glue you know the tabs in and all that just mindless work i would just sit and listen to you know india rock as my uh co-worker would call it <laughs> all the time oh yeah fuck yeah rebel but, over here <laughs> yeah for sure um but my mom figured out that they they were paying me minimum wage which was like 725 an hour 
Um, uh-huh. And she found out that the owner's was paying the kids that he or like his kids that he had worked there like twenty dollars an hour <laughs> straight up. I would have <laughs> worked for him. Which is how do I fold paper for twenty dollars an hour? You know what? That's hilarious because um, the street fight wage is twenty dollars an hour. Like anybody that works for us gets twenty dollars an hour, and even kids. And sometimes it frustrates me because yeah. Gwen won't work for Gwen or Gwen don't, won't like fold clothes or like help a shift <laughs> for like a whole afternoon. And I'm like, God damn it! You could be getting paid like a quarter of yeah. that. Yeah, I put right in, now. I put in work there too. Like I would work the shrink wrap machine, and a lot of that was just like shrink wrapping objects over and over again, and then just like Love whipping it. it at your coworkers as hard as possible. <laughs> and you know, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't hurt at all. It's pretty nice. Yeah, um, that's fun. But yeah, I mean, I put in a lot of work there, and I was getting paid dog shit for it. Yeah, you said uh, the minimum wage was seven twenty five, and it's uh, right. still it is currently seven twenty five. This garbage ass state. Yeah. We we got, I think ours is around that too. Still, uh, we go to other places and they they've got like some eleven dollar crazy shit and they don't believe it when we tell them it's still seven seventy five or whatever it is here. Yeah, I, I, is I imagine Illinois is higher than us, and I'm like you know, an it ha- is. I'm an hour oh, away from we're the 855. border. Hey, not bad. <laughs> I mean, it not is bad. Still, still really <laughs> yeah, eight fifty five. Hell yeah. I was that legal minimum. <laughs> yeah, we're still at the federal. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. It's crazy crazy just uh you know, because when I had some of these jobs, I think when I worked in the kitchen at All Star Cafe, I was making probably eleven dollars an hour at the time. Uh, which in today's spending money is unfucking real, you know? Because the the gas was a lot cheaper, and there's just been so many changes. And to think that people are still out here at nine dollars an hour, I I don't know how I don't know how it it's we're still held together at all. I mean, obviously things are coming apart at the seams right now, and, and this is a big reason why. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but like that we held it as long as we did. Yeah, I mean, people can't keep showing up for that. Who wants to show up for nine dollars an hour to do something like what? And, and especially when they're going to take a third yeah. of it from the government's going to take a third. And you don't get the whole damn thing. <laughs> yeah, and you got to you got to buy insurance too. You got to pay for in- insurance. Yeah, and then they talk about how like bad employees are the reason why they they can't succeed as a business. And it's like, oh, yeah. if you paid people well, maybe they would have like some incentive to. Do better. We're being doing work is easy. Do most of these jobs, like I, I decide how much I want to comply or how well I want to yeah. do my job based upon how I'm being treated or what message I'm trying to send. Um, but if if it was a matter of uh, I wasn't debt collectors weren't calling me and I wasn't trying to rob Peter to pay Paul, uh, then. I would probably just show up to the job and fucking do it without a complaint, you yeah. know, but like my life is in fucking shambles and yet I'm working 50 hours a week, you know, and I can't keep anything together. And, uh, I don't know. It's a real challenge. And I mean, it's hilarious. Yo, you guys really got the, uh, the real deal Midwestern thing there with all those jobs. I love that. There's not a lot of people that, <laughs> that started work, have 14 year old work stories <laughs> that are that real. <laughs> uh, some, uh, we don't have a detasseler on here, but oh, that's the real dude. Midwest shit. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what that is, Brett? No, I have no idea. <laughs> the kids here go, you go out on a, on a bus 
and just a bus full of real young teenagers. You could do it when you're 14, 15, and you just go, and for eight hours a day, you just pull the tassels off the top of corn. <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah. It's the worst job anyone could ever it's get. It's brutal. It's like back-breaking. Like Hard-boiled eggs for lunch. Dead, dead of summer. Yeah, like fucking sweltering. And if it's in a cornfield, there's no trees. There's no... Uh, yeah, the blistering hot sun. You're, and yeah. you're, you're a teen, so you don't want to wear a sun hat and look stupid. Right, exactly. <laughs> you, my brothers, you know, my no brothers all did that. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, Oof. yeah, that shit's bad. My brothers did that. I didn't do that. Yeah, I remember so. my my cousin doing that. He's like, I think, four years younger than me. And like all growing up, he and I were like really lazy. We just like to play video games inside together. No work ever. We don't want to do any any sort of productive activity. And then one summer, he just went and detasseled. I don't remember how long he lasted, but that was just like going from zero <laughs> to a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's good. I mean, he, he felt like things needed to be shaken up. Yeah. He went a little too hard, though. <laughs> yeah, I, that could kill you, I think. Uh, yeah, and then I think my best friend Jake did that for several years. He, like, rised in the ranks of the detasslers. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was a good detassler. The, the inner circle of detasslers. <laughs> yeah, he was, like, a supervisor or something. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Yeah, crazy. Oh, man. I definitely, I remember I there was a kid... I knew who was like poorer than me and my family were not rich by any means. And he had a job as a paper carrier for the Cedar Rapids Gazette. And like, all he did was just, he had like a fucking alienware computer. Like <laughs> he would just blow it on like the dumbest shit ever. And uh, I respect well, it you, a lot. Oh yeah. That's good. If you feel like you have no future, like why not? Yeah. yeah. You know, like if you're not like, you can't fucking invest so why not buy a computer? I don't, you know, yeah. like. Oh, I was so envious. <laughs> I wanted that shit so bad. That's kind of where I'm at now. It's like I don't anticipate. I'm uh, not either retire. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> I don't anticipate any of this uh, social order lasting too much longer. So I'm just gonna buy a bunch of Switch games while I can. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, now yeah. I'm totally. I'm I'm just chilling on. You know. <laughs> I'm the individualist that they want me to be. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I cashed in my savings for a trampoline. Hell yeah. <laughs> Brett, where did you get a trampoline? I've been trying to order a fucking trampoline ever since the pandemic started. I can't find them anywhere. They're back uh, ordered so long. Where did you get them? Santa Claus brought it last year. Oh, like we, had, we were prepared. Yeah. Oh, you got ahead of it. Everyone wants one now, man. And I have been on a list at Walmart for months, and they haven't had any come in. Yeah, they're tough because there's some used ones on Facebook Marketplace, but it's just a not that makes a sentence. Me nervous. Yeah. yeah, it's not a sentence I want to hear. Why are you getting? I mean, rid of it? they're they're bad. I would say I'm definitely guilty of of bringing something into the world that cannot be reused. We need to recycle it, but yeah, I am not like I'm not gonna. Yeah, I don't I don't think you can reuse those things. I'm not, but I'm not putting my kid on a fucking used trampoline. Yeah. <laughs> Just come and reassemble it from. <laughs> yes, they asked that too. Yeah. My wife, my wife did that shit to me. She was like, "Hey, you got to go tomorrow and take apart a trampoline." <laughs> I was like, "What? No, I don't. You're fucking crazy." <laughs> 
Uh, did any of you guys work at a movie theater at any point? No, I was too... I never. I couldn't follow. I don't know why I couldn't make it happen. It always seemed like you had to be real, like on point and trustworthy. Like you had to be an A student to work at the movie theater. Yeah. Well, I got. Uh, I got in because like the I had teacher a, has to like you. <laughs> right. I had a friend that <laughs> well, already. Well, the teacher did it. like Justin. <laughs> Some teachers. That liked me. that's another good one too. Yeah, but yeah, I had a my friend worked there already. I had a real nervous. I had a friend there, and we thought it was going to be like the best hookup ever, and he was like. No, guys, I can't do anything. They count the cups every single night. And they're all this like, shut up. <laughs> no, they <laughs> shut don't. Up. Stop yeah, it. But, so he would let it, he would give us drinks and then we would uh, go and use them. And then when we were done, we had to give them back to him, which wasn't so bad. Yeah. I, well, the theater that I worked at was like an independent uh, second run movie theater in uh, Cedar Rapids. Oh, tight. And the guy that. Like a dollar theater? Yeah, yeah. The guy yeah. that owns the place is. Uh, I'd say a worse small business tyrant than anything I wrote about in that zine piece. Oh, really? So yeah, he's, he's a monster. He's the kind of guy who would count the cups at the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I, Natalie, I'm sure you've heard stories about uh, that guy. Yeah, he was a real sex pest. Yeah, okay, good. Oh, no. I mean, not yeah. good, but I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> 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 yeah, he, uh, he seems to... Uh, kind of almost exclusively hire uh, high school girls as his staff at the theater yeah. and then kind of leer at them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. That, I, I mean, it made me uncomfortable even when I was younger. Like I would just be like, guys, this is your, t- this, you know, you can't, you can't do this. The way they would talk. There was times I did speak up as I got older, you know, there was a weird crew. I, I got this toy store job and that was like, they made me a supervisor. Like they gave me keys, which was like the dumbest thing in the world. And uh, I ripped them off for so much money. And uh, and I, but I don't know. I was trustworthy enough, and like I could do the job, and I was competent on the register, and I could solve most problems without bothering them. And they would take the man. The like that place was just a fucking free for all. The managers there would take the PlayStation display and they would drag it into the office and just be playing on, <laughs> playing on it. But they would let you pause. Like they would let you stop. They would be like, I'm like, I got next. And then they'd be like, all right, all right, all right. And so like they, we had to push it. Like they're like, you have to let us play too. Otherwise, you know, we're not, uh, we're going to tell on you basically. <laughs> and, uh, they, w- we had Kazaa. So we would download music and movies and shit all the time. Uh, but I, you know, I was, returning items that weren't actually being returned and taking the money out of the register type shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was a moment when we had to do a big inventory switch over. And I remember just being around the conversation. They just were so comfortable with me at this point. And them just talking about how one of the petty cash registers was short a few hundred dollars and that one of the managers had to borrow it and couldn't come up with it to pay it back. And so they wrote that there was like a, they wrote that there was like this bike trailer, uh, that was going on the, on the truck. And then it just basically disappeared off the truck and got returned to replace the money. Uh, and I was just like, man, this is a scheme. This this place is like rotten. And everybody here is, I mean, it was like, it just, everybody felt like crabs in a bucket. It was really a fucked up place. And they were also, you know, there was one dumb old guy that was probably, he was my age. He was 38 or something. Uh, and 
around there and he had a couple kids that you know he complained about all the time and a wife he disliked and uh, he was just there all the time being an asshole and kind of being just the lead bad kid he was like a he was very obviously just wanted to make jokes and fuck around and do shit all day long and like be a jackass. <laughs> and uh, that was my brief run until the, the toy store, of, of course, fucking closed down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the best things I pulled up to the there's uh, shopping bags lining the entire glass window. I mean, this had a Best Buy length like spot with open glass windows and it's all covered up and I get up to the door and it just says, Brett call. And then it has my manager's name. <laughs> I was like, all right, never good. Never good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You showed up and they were closed. Like no warning. I showed up there. So they were closed for good. Yeah. That yeah. was Dunzo. Um, I cussed him out. I don't know why I cussed him out. Um, I think because I just, I think because I'm a mean person, I knew I had leverage and I could be mad. <laughs> so I could just say some mean shit to him is really what the thing was. But I, I just, I was hurt that they didn't give me any notice because there was talk amongst people. There was an assistant manager that kind of defected from the corrupt manager and said that like they all knew this was coming weeks ago. And uh, I was just really pissed and was like, you know, uh, I really need a job because my parents don't give me any fucking money. So, like, you could have let me know. So I at least had a couple of weeks. I wouldn't have left. You know, mm -hmm. you, I would have just tried to get something to 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 have. You know, I could have spent some time trying to get something. So, yeah, that's how I left that job. I don't remember what I did after that. Maybe I don't know why there's that that big blank spot. It's hard to remember some of that stuff. I don't know why. I have ago. like I it's not that long ago for me unfortunately but I don't remember some of the jobs I've had yeah, since, yeah, like, for sure. did so many I've talked about the worst like ones blur. on here yeah but like a couple of them stand out like I've talked about working at the casino on here before oh uh, wow yeah yeah I mean, I've talked about it to people, but I'll I'll tell you too, which is you have to wear an outfit. Like I was a cocktail waitress, <laughs> and it was the the worst possible job ever. Because if you ever been to a casino, you don't pay for the drinks, so you walk around and serve old people fucking drinks that no one pays for, and the money you make is on tips. So it's if someone hands you a dollar out of the kindness of their heart. So they're not like pulling dollars out for anything. And I had, right. I had to wear this bedazzled corset and heels on carpet. And it Ugh. was like, yeah. And it was like the creepiest, most terrifying people. Like it was, it was just, it was the worst. Yeah, that's 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 challenging. That's brutal. That's really tough. Yeah. 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 So like it wasn't even minimum wage. And you know how tip jobs are where they're like, oh yeah, like they're like, we'll make it up to minimum wage if you and, like yeah. no, bullshit. So you make two thirty five and then you make <laughs> Yeah. And you know, like old people playing slot machines are famously willing to throw a lot of money at the the lady bringing them their free diet <laughs> coke. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> Yeah, why do that when you can put put it towards winning big, you know? <laughs> so there would be, like, one leery, disgusting old dude at the poker table who would, like, give you 30 bucks, and like, in exchange for looking down your shirt. And you would be mm -hmm. like, great, this, this fucking rocks. So that was the worst job I ever had. Yeah, sounds like it. How old were you for that one, Natalie? I wasn't even 21 yet, because I remember. Yeah, I so. Oh. yeah so I was I was 20. I must have been yeah. 19 or 20. Yeah. And that's, I had, um, 
Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that uh, Natalie was basically doing like very light sex work at the casino. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, absolutely. Which is true. <laughs> like I worked at a, a waitress at a bar and that's very similar. Like they give you these little low cut shirts. You know, it's like it's. Yeah, there's certain certain requirements of, yeah, the, of the place. Yeah. And you have to be you have to be cute and everyone has to be under 25. Like it's like not that they would tell you that, but like. Clearly, they're looking for something. It just ends um, up that right. way somehow. Yeah, and they gave, like, the bar I worked at gave me a shirt that was, like, two sizes too small. <laughs> it was just, like, teeny, <laughs> oh, teeny, tiny. Yeah, how would you <laughs> find that? You're so small as it is. I know. It was, like, a child <laughs> shirt. Like, <laughs> we, don't, we don't make mediums. They, it comes in small and extra small. Which one are you? <laughs> so, I mean, I just, like, I consider that to be, like, it definitely felt like what, light sex work. I mean, you had to go around yeah. and make, yeah. make people feel a certain type of way and to hope that they would give you money for it, like. Sure, and, yeah. And, no, and you do it because you need money. So you, like, are flirty and, like, I had lots of people, like, come and ask for my number afterwards or, like, you know, like, thinking that it, because it's, like, you got to make, I don't know, you, it's two thirty-five an hour. Like, what the fuck are you supposed yeah. to do? I don't have any skill. Yeah. I don't have any skills. I can't. <laughs> I can't like fucking punch stuff on a machine. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, they, and they've somehow confused paying you money for fetching a drink into like a romantic Correct. altercation. Like, oh, funny, meeting you here. I think we got something going, don't we? It's like, yeah, you gave me ten dollars, so I'm gonna listen to your joke about your trip. To fucking Poughkeepsie or whatever it was, and I'm gonna leave. <laughs> you come here often? Yeah, I. I mean, I had. I think that like my my adult life, I had two really good informative experiences. Uh, this was like my 20s when I wanted to find something to do forever and just be done with it and figure out like what my miserable life was gonna be like. Uh, and I worked at the Abercrombie and Fitch warehouse for five years. And that really gave me a lesson in like how not having representation, how much they extract work out of you, yep. the heinous shit they treat people. I was a pain in the ass to the bosses all the time. I would always just get people riled up. I'd be on breaks just telling everybody to make the same complaint. I was like, we need to have a, a cohesive message. <laughs> that rocks! Want, we, we need to stagger it, and we need to go in there and complain about these new standards. We need to complain about them taking away bonuses. Like, I would try... I was, They very much did not like me, and I would, you know, I didn't do enough to... to but I was just... I think I was just enjoyed being a dickhead, I think, once again. That's probably. No, that's so cool. It took me so long to get that, like, kind of spirit, or like... I don't know. That's so cool. Way to go. Yeah. Yeah. And that was and that, that was a corporate hierarchy. And that was like, uh, you know, uh, there was the people that worked in the warehouse and they were all just from people. There was people that would drive an hour and a half to get there from like rural areas to go and work for to go drive, a you know, a forklift for 12, 13 dollars an hour. Then there was this like the management, which was all brought in. I, the worst thing ever was we had this like 23 year old college grad that just had like studied logistics at some fucking stupid ass Big Ten University <laughs> and was in there trying to tell everybody how, how the job worked and shit. And he was basically a fucking babysitter and everybody just kind of called him a babysitter because all he did was read the emails and then yell at us for the stuff that they said in the fucking emails. <laughs> Make sure that he, he would just spy on you. He would just try to sneak up on you and, you know, he's just, yeah. And, and so that was that experience. And then I, I uh, wanted to, to get into something else. I wanted to find like 
some sort of career outlook that would be uh here, it's a good way to put it. You know what I'm talking about. Write your own paycheck. <laughs> I didn't want to have mm-hmm. to show up and get get like a set paycheck every single week. I wanted to be able to work to try to get extra money. Mm-hmm. And so I, I tried for a sales position. I had worked uh, for a long time at Discover Card. Well, not for a long time, just almost like 18 months at Discover Card. Uh, so I had some, some sort of, I had some experience, um, but I got a job at this, really awful startup place. Uh, and there was this, it was a frat bro from Ohio oh, state no. and his buddies. And they started basically in a basement, like one of those drinking beers thing. Everybody's drinking beers. Why one of them is like coding away and they're coming up with this idea. They're figuring out how to hack this system, uh, which is insurance leads. And it's a very dirty, disgusting, f- gross industry. Um, that's when they get you to fill out your information online saying that, you know, you want information about car, home, renters, annuities, like stuff that relates to that. And they sell that information to insurance agents. My God. It is disgusting as an insurance company employee. (laughs) (laughs) And and I I really, I don't think, I don't think that the idea is too, the the idea itself isn't bad because I do want to be connected with people and have them have all my information. But the, they, the, you have like six agents that are paying $12 for one person, each paying eight, six to $12 for one person's information. And usually one of those people is a giant dialer system. Like there's some, there's some healthcare insurance person that has a huge computer that can dial people within 10 seconds of filling out a form. And they get online and they get them on the phone and they rush them into something because they they charge bottom barrel prices for shitty stuff. And then you have these other agents that are paying $12 an hour and calling, you know, 70 days, following up 90 days later, like, have you given given your car insurance another thought? You know, (laughs) leaving voicemails desperate because they paid $12 for somebody's information. And then, of course, all y'all know how that internet works, like... They will uh, give you prizes and points and rewards and all kinds of shit for giving your information away. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's yeah. There's all kinds of re- there's swag bucks swag and bucks, Ebates. Dude, I remember that swag shit. <laughs> I, 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 I still use fuck with that. swag bucks. I briefly use that. <laughs> dude, I've, I've probably made close to $1,000 off swag <laughs> <No> bucks. <way>. But <laughs> it's like $100 a year, though. It's been probably 10 years of it. That's, that's dope, dude. But I, when I worked at the when I worked at the insurance leads place, um, I, I eventually had it where I would just be like watching videos for swag bucks or like taking um, polls, answering polls, uh, reading articles, and doing surveys for swag bucks. Yeah. and that was how I spent a good amount of my it's time. It's the mechanical Turk shit again, basically. It is exactly what it was. Yeah, I've I spent a few times doing that, uh, right trying on. to maximize my hourly wage, <laughs> supplementing. <laughs> but yeah, there was that was a it was a very odd place and uh there was a really horrible manager there that was just a classic sales bullwhipper guy. Um he did not give a fuck about anything or anybody. He just wanted you to make sales and if you didn't make them, he would just make you feel bad about it. Um he didn't like my attitude, you know, the way I had towards some stuff where I'm like you know, uh, a guy just called me screaming and yelling at me. One of my agents called me screaming and yelling at me, you know, telling because we fucked him over or something. And, 
you know, I, so I didn't make a sale today. <laughs> like it kind of fucked up my attitude a little bit. <laughs> um, he would do shit like reach out to Red Bull. So we would have like Red Bull girls come in at seven, <laughs> seven forty seven forty five in the morning. What is a Red Bull you, girl? They, they Use show your imagination. Like, <laughs> that little tiny, it's a little tiny car. It's, I don't know what it looks like oh, a geo tracker. It's like a little tiny. I know what the it looks like a cars penny are. racer. Wait, so the people. Jesus. And then these girls get out. They kind of look like they're wearing like the that hot dog place uniform. It's just like a very bright blue red. And uh, they have backpacks on that are insulated that are filled with Red Bull. Oh, and my God. Come I'm in. looking them up. Oh, my God. And, and this guy, Al, would just be like, hey, Brett. You look like your dragon. We're gonna have a good day. It's gonna be three sales today for you. It's three deals. I'm putting it on the I'm putting on the chart. I'm writing it. Did and they you know ring what? a bell? He, he, uh, yeah, yeah. We had bell days. We had all kinds of sound days. You would get to. Uh, they would do. Uh, you get to make like a basketball shot or something. Like, and if you oh made it, God. you got fifty dollar <laughs> gift cards and shit. They, that was also a horrible one because it was just once again. This was like frat bros. Like this wasn't. Uh, they were doing this in a friend of a friend's office space downtown and everything was so slapped together and clapboard. Um, but they would do shit like just take all of the cubicles and push it against the wall and then bring a ping pong table in <laughs> to be like, you know, every, Hey man, we, you know, we got something to do. We got activities. You, you know, it's important to get up out of your seat, get your, your, uh, juices flowing oh, in God. your brain. Ping pong is a great way <laughs> to get out. Like this motherfucker was constantly doing that. And he was the most annoying person in the fucking world. <laughs> I hate those people so much. Yeah. And and yeah, and that was I mean it was really there was and it was just they churned through people. They were just looking for warm bodies. And there was even people that had done it for 5 years and they were just like this is getting ridiculous. Like this used to pay a lot better. It was it the the theme for like uh for this place insurance leads and uh the uh discover card was that when I started discover card you know, they would have a bonus weekend where people would walk out with TVs and computers. Uh, you know, they would do yearly contests where someone could get a car and stuff. They were like really, really handing out lots of bonuses and extras. And then it just gets chiseled away. Like the longer you're there, it's less and less. Uh, and, and I've seen it happen at all my places. And I, I just like I've been doing Street Fight now for you know, as a job without doing like mystery shopping or anything for probably four years now, five years now. And, uh, I can't imagine, like I said, when I look at that eight fifty five minimum wage, I'm like, how the in fucking hell could you feel like you're secure? How could you have any sense of security if that's what you're getting paid in a week? Um, it's, you know, when I know also getting 40 hours a week at a lot of places that pay a minimum wage is a challenge, you know, as well. Right. Yeah. Like the, the day job is supposed to be like the secure paycheck that you settle for, uh, because doing something like what you're doing, like just doing an entertainment business, making all your money off that, that's like such a less secure, like more precarious situation. But it's getting to the point where it's like, well, I mean, you might as well just abandon the steady paycheck anyway, because it's barely anything. Uh, I just want to note here. Uh, Natalie has messaged me a screenshot of the Red Bull girls. Her, <laughs> her Google images. Oh yeah. Search there. How do they? Uh, I'm make sure my wife What's, doesn't see that message. What's the hot dog place in the mall? 
sorry. I was like, the fuck? You're right. They like have little backpacks and these little outfits. Yeah, oh like my hooters. god. Yeah. Red Bull Hooters little cars. <laughs> it, it reminds me a little bit of uh uh GoDaddy commercials too. Where it's like something that has nothing to do with like Oh yeah. Dan <laughs> when Danica <laughs> Patrick was a thing. That's yeah, a NASCAR yeah. reference. <laughs> Oh yeah, I know who Danica Patrick is. Everyone knows who Danica, pa- Danica Patrick is. Yeah, she's in uh, that uh. Sonic the Hedgehog racing game. That's how I know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I had a uh, my first like real job was a uh, insurance company job at Transamerica, and I started as a temp like after I dropped out of uh, college and uh, went into this shit as a temp and like i moved up pretty fast but i had like five different supervisors and it was like a place where there was two thousand people in the same building like i had a cafeteria and shit which was like pretty nice yeah but uh within a year or like two years like i I moved up like i was a temp and like i was like moving up the ranks i had like five different managers in one year though which should have been assigned to me because what eventually happened was like they completely reorganized everything. They hired a new director of the department I was in uh-huh. and uh, it ended up like my job responsibilities. They basically took away all my job responsibilities. They implemented the changes like immediately. Like everyone was pissed off about it, including the middle managers who like I cycled through continuously. And then like they, forced everyone to work 60 hours a week overtime on top of it to like cover up for this mistake because as soon as they implemented the changes everything just fell completely out of whack and like (laughs) things derailed immediately and like i was 21 at the time so i just like i just walked away from it (laughs) smart move i did not call i did not think do anything they mailed me all my shit with a uh signature guaranteed (laughs) delivery service (laughs) i got my i got my shit back and I was free. Congratulations. Yeah. I always loved uh, some places like the uh, the All-Star Cafe. Um, they pissed me off so bad one time, just taking advantage of us and making us work too much and never giving us time off and, you know, p- giving preference to other people um, that I just took a bunch of people's shifts. Like I just spent the whole shift saying to everybody, hey, uh, I need some hours. Can I work Wednesday for you? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I took took all these shifts and then never came back. <laughs> That's a good I've move. done that at more jobs. Than That's I a really, in, really good move. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was annoying to the coworkers, but like my boss was, you know, deserved a train wreck, I guess. Yeah. Well, at that place, like I said, I just felt like a fucking cog in a huge machine. It's just like, insane just feel entirely irreplaceable at all times yeah that's and that's something to you know i I mean i don't my parents didn't have any stability my dad is a a, he's a welder so he got laid off or like there were contracts would just be lost and he'd be on unemployment for a while that was a pretty regular thing and and i don't know if i remember i don't think i really you know being born in 1984 i don't think that that any any sort of stability was guaranteed during my lifetime. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, I have a feeling like yeah. we. I, there's this latent feeling that you're brainwashed by school to believe like this is a land of opportunity and hardworking people get to be homeowners and uh, have food on the table every night and their kids, you know, get to get to live uh, full and healthy lives. 
And uh, it's just not that. And uh, I, 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 Remember people thinking I did have a bad attitude when I told them to be careful of making permanent life decisions with some hotshot company or with some, with any job they thought they were going to keep forever at 23 or 24 or something because those new broom sweep clean situations happen all the time. All of a sudden the director wants a different thing and they don't need you anymore. And you never saw it coming because you know, it seemed like you were essential to the business, but you don't, you don't, don't, don't really acknowledge how precarious your work situation actually is and people do now i mean i feel like you know younger people are very much more flippant about how fucked up it is to for the for the working situation but um that wasn't that was a new thing for me i think growing up or you know making that change in my life but early on just like realizing that i mean you know like me and my wife were able to my wife was we were able to live off of our income together um when I worked at the the insurance leads place, I made like $30,000 a year, 35,000 a year. Um, and we were both lived off of it basically. And she did all the cooking and cleaning and housework and errands. And then when we got home, we would just like hang out and drink and watch movies and go places and do shit. So it was like, but we, we didn't have any money to go for houses or to go towards like savings or 401ks. And we never really gave a shit about it. And, uh, when I moved to DC, I agreed to do this, to do the opposite, to, to be the home hubby and mm-hmm. get everything done, uh, for my daughter. And, you know, it did take five, six years of doing the podcasts for no money at all. You know, it's, it's hilarious. It's funny the the way the how quickly people ask for money. Like it's, a it's a, a well-paying job. I mean, it's <laughs> a grind for a really long time and people have to believe they can trust that you're going to be there. You know, there's a lot of podcasts that don't make it, you know, past their fifth episode. I think that's the biggest test really. Cause I've seen most of them fall apart at five episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my first one did. So, uh, that's, you know, and I have some speaking from experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, we- this no right one listens to uh, our shit, but yeah, we're we're on like thirty five. This is thirty six <laughs> here. This oh, is 36. okay, nice, nice. And we we've got fifty dollars a month on Patreon. I think we're uh, we're doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're on our way. Up. That's a good start. I yeah. mean, that's if if you I mean if you asked if you if you believe in it and you're confident that you're doing something good, you should definitely ask for some money and see who's willing to do it. But yeah, it's not really an overnight success thing. We never really got to do the. Uh, overnight success no one yeah. like rolling stone has found us and been like <laughs> hey where these guys come from it's we've made about like one yeah. percent we made about five to ten percent more each year and taken as much money as we can get to like reinvest in making it bigger and better yeah i think everyone you know? here considers it something fun to do first and foremost so yeah and that's that's all it should be i mean that's what it was me and brian just wanted it because we were both guys that like to go on break and tell jokes and shit at work and wanted a place to talk about aliens and talk about like, you know, fuck the Democrats and fuck the Republicans both. And so it, it, it was, and it was felt like there wasn't, anybody talking about the stuff that we were talking about. I mean, we were doing uh, cash advances, payday advances and shit when we started the show. So we were talking about stuff like that and uh, was like, I don't, I don't know any other podcast that's, that's, you know, uh, talking about things in a way that makes sense to us. So we kind of wanted to fill the void and, you know, that was what, what did it. I'm, and definitely like Occupy Wall Street was huge for me. Uh, my wife, you know, before we were married, moved to Texas, uh, for like nine months. And I stayed in Columbus, like during Occupy. 
So I spent a lot of time just hanging out down there, you know, eating pizza and donuts and talking to people <laughs> trying to figure out like what other, what actions people wanted to do or groups and things like that. That's but, um, so cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was very small and it was, you know, I, I don't know. It was, it, but it was enough for me to feel like other people knew what was going on because mm-hmm. it, it was right in front of the state house and it was like a permanent protest of, you know, anywhere from 12 to, you know, a hundred people, depending on the, the day of the week. Um, but I think what it was more than anything was just seeing like nurses, nurses would stop and they'd be in scrubs. Uh, they'd hand over 10 pizzas and say like, we love you so much. Please stay out here. Please stay out here. We need to fight back against this banksters and shit. Um, there was all kinds of regular folks driving by honking horns and, you know, bringing coffee in the morning and really just spreading gifts and, and, and trying to spread the love in a way that like, you know, at the time, like they didn't know how to, you know, support and, Right now we have these mutual aid networks and so much fluid cash to to accomplish projects and and support movements. But uh, back then it really was like the most of it was someone just dropping off coffee and donuts. And that was enough to be like, well, we got to stay out here another day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember we had uh, a an Occupy like little uh, occupied area uh, in Cedar Rapids when that was happening. It was pretty small, but like even even out here, that stuff was going on. Yeah, and it's like a good framework for like what's going on right now too. Yeah, this seems to be uh going better than it was that time. So far at least. Uh hey, since you brought up uh, the Democrats and the Republicans, I have a little uh proclamation from one of our senators that I think you may find interesting, Brett. Okay. Uh so you guys on your show you use the word anarchy, anarchist a lot. You guys kind of identify with with that label a lot of the time, right? Yeah. So this comes from uh, U.S. Senator Joni Ernst. She's one of ours. We elected her a few years ago. Okay. Uh, She's a member of the Senate Judiciary Committee, and she's putting forward a new bill that will restrict taxpayer funding from going to cities that allow anarchist jurisdictions like CHAZ to continue. Okay. Here's a quote from her. Uh, Anarchy cannot continue on our streets. If city officials or state leaders fail to do their job and protect their citizens, the federal government and American taxpayers aren't going to pay for it. Local officials are letting chaos continue in their streets and in some (laughs) cases preventing law enforcement from protecting the public. That's not the America I know or fought for. This bill is straightforward and holds local leaders accountable to the people. Uh, so she's this oh, was like a, dear. A, about a month ago that she proposed this uh so how much anarchy have you been seeing in the streets i mean not enough I went to the, <laughs> right, I went to, for real i mean i i i wanted there was a time like when the the george floyd protests uh kicked off here um there was a moment a few weeks later where people just kept gathering at the state house and it felt like a big community festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't, I wasn't going to do this because I'm not a stupid fucking idiot, but I felt like it would be great to go out there and do a show of some sort or do <laughs> some sort of like, just to kind of start doing some art, like have somebody play a live band, play music. Um, there was a lot of people that were partying anyways and kind of chilling and talking and playing, playing loud music. So, but it never we never got to make it into an autonomous zone. Right. 
unfortunately. But I I really think that I love that to keep that energy going. Uh, you know, handing out supplies. You know, we have Food Not Bombs here is run by a really great guy um, that's really smart and can do a, a lot with a very little. And uh, he's been he's taken uh, wagons full of food down, you know, regularly to the protests and occupations and stuff that were happening. Uh, so I don't know. We're, we're really building an infrastructure here for radical stuff. I think that we're behind like Portland, but Portland has now leveled up. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Columbus did, too, throughout this, because now there is information networks that are flowing between different communities and there is back channels uh, that people are talking in and organizing stuff to keep things rolling. And so I think that there's no way you're going to legislate an autonomous zone out of out of existence. Because if they if the people want to do it, they're going to fucking do it. And, uh, you know, that's how it goes. Yeah. I think the funniest part of her uh, quote there was that local officials are preventing law enforcement from protecting the public. <laughs> uh, protecting them from who? And I mean, it's the public that are establishing these zones to begin with. Yeah. From people <laughs> that are going to dig up the front yard and uh, put gar- put vegetables in it. <laughs> god forbid <laughs> yeah for people that want to keep like a chicken coop out there and shit. <laughs> or like i said i mean a fucking uh, comedians and i mean i saw like art tents we have this amazing festival in, in columbus called Comfest, mm-hmm. and it was started in the 70s and it's like this total hippy dippy uh, you know, there was this, the Democratic Socialists of America always like serve the wine. Um, there's a communist tent. It's always been a place for three, free thought and free thinking and local stuff. And uh, I mean, I feel like just to, to transfer some of that energy into an autonomous zone, I think gets the ball rolling, you know, like be, having it be in a happening place to be. I think that uh, the, the police aren't going to help that situation anyways. You know, I don't, yeah, they're not necessary. No. Yeah. They're, they wouldn't be protecting anyone who, yeah, yeah. they're, they're ruining the, the good time. Yeah. Harshing, <laughs> harshing our vibes as usual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we've been going for a little over an hour now. So I think, I think we did a show. I think it was fun. Brett, thank you for coming on again. This was a great time. Yeah, sorry if I hogged the mic too much and talked over you. Oh, you're the guest. That's exactly what you're no, supposed to do. No, that's good. <laughs> no one wants to listen to us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so b- before we like end this thing, uh, way back on the first episode of this show, we presented a list of demands to our listeners, and the sixth demand was abolish work. Uh, would you agree with that demand, Brett? Hmm... I don't know. Um, I I guess I don't. Let's, I guess I have to. Let's redefine. To, yeah. def- destroy the employee-employer relationship. Yeah, I mean, I think that I just think more of along the lines of food production. I think is my number one, uh, and like shelter and stuff like that. Uh, like I consider that work. Mm-hmm. There's no way to call it anything else in my mind. But for money, not really necessary. I think money is silly. And uh, the people, like, what working people want is, like, a fraction of what rich people fucking waste and wealthy people waste. Like, yeah. to, to get everybody to where they want to be um, is actually a very, very small amount of money. And uh, it's what's in the way of, you know, folks being able to 
have access to the same freedoms, you know, that I have uh, with my privileged place in society or, you know, I, I don't really care about getting a million dollars. Um, I, I just like sitting on patios and yelling about shit with my friends. <laughs> yeah. you know? I like, uh, a trampoline. I mean, the trampoline was like 179 I, and I, I got swag bucks on it. So I probably saved 17 bucks on it. Um, and I, and you know, my life is cheap, I think. And, uh, I, I like, I still just like Lay's classic potato chips and, <laughs> and, uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. They're like, I didn't, I don't not, I don't need more than that. And, uh, I think that's how most of us are. It's pretty, pretty regular, regular folks, um, that could be provided for very easily with a minimal amount of work involved. Yes. I think that, uh, we could all chip in a little bit and get a lot done. Yeah. I think that, uh, provides all of the context that we needed to, uh, elaborate on that demand that we presented so long ago. Let's just get rid of work for the benefit of someone else. We can amend, well, we can amend you, that. Yeah. I'm do. I'm with you though. I'm like, let's yeah, let's just fucking shake shit up. Like, mm-hmm. uh, now that we've abolished work, how are we going to get stuff done? What do we call it? What does it look like? Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's it's go time. Oh, let's yeah. brainstorm, get the whiteboard out. Oh yeah. We're capable mm-hmm. of providing for ourselves and other people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Break down the concept of work as it exists now, and then obviously we'll take care of the necessities after that. Simple bare necessities. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, I have uh, one more question for you, Brett, before we do like plugs or whatever. So if if the COVID pandemic uh, ever ends uh, and you guys get to do uh, Street Fight tours again, uh, do you anticipate ever returning to Iowa? That's way uh, harsh, man. That's like putting him on the spot for real. <laughs> um, I think we will. Uh, we had planned on doing another Midwest tour uh, with the Trillbillies and the District Sentinel Sams. Uh, so the Trillbillies are a huge draw. So we like to roll with them, and and we really enjoy the Midwest. Like I said, it's it's very chill. It reminds us of home. The people are great. Um, but Iowa City would the be plan good. was to to go to like the DNC mm-hmm. in July. And, uh, we were going to go up to Milwaukee, hit Minneapolis, come down to Kansas city and do Iowa and all that. Again, basically the same route we did, but with Trillbillies and Sam's in tow. Yeah. You were going to do that this year. So we missed out on that already. <laughs> yeah. You missed it. Damn. Yeah. It was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we were really excited for it. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of shows that we, we want to get done. Um, but, it's been a really good challenge, and uh, I, I think that you got you got to be on your feet, and you got to figure out how to uh, do things that you know make you feel good, or or that really scratch that same itch. You know, performing live is something that can't be recreated. It's very tough. Yeah. Uh, so, but now we get to focus on doing things like live streams and doing TV shows and extra stuff and we're working slowly on upgrading some of the streaming capabilities and uh, we are going to do our first live show like on zoom we're going to have like pay for admission we're going to raise money and everything and that's going to be happening in august uh nice. so because yeah we did we did a bug con a couple oh, yeah. of weeks ago uh whenever it happened and uh brian was really into it and you know i, I go live on instagram and stuff so i kind of get that kind of feeling that everybody's fucking staring at you and you have to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Brian was really missing it. He, he, he was like, as soon as, as soon as like 
everything got shut down, all these clubs and, you know, all of our dates were getting shuttered. He's like, only thing I want to do is just go perform live, man. And I'm like, you know, that's like the worst thing to choose. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you chose the one thing you're not going to get in yeah. 2020 <laughs> at all. <laughs> and uh, so we had, I had to kind of massage him a little bit and, uh, you know, but, you know, it's, life is long and, uh, you know, there's many chapters and we'll, we'll be back again, I'm sure, under whatever circumstances. Um, honestly, when we started Street Fight, one of the main things we want to do because of Occupy uh, we considered just going to like state houses or public parks and scheduling a show and just doing it with like megaphones or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just having our audience watch, uh, while we like, you know, just wear are naked wearing barrels or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we might go that route. We could do an outdoor socially distanced thing or. Uh, hell, if the drive-in movies will have us, I'd love to do that one too. Yeah, that'd be cool. I know there's be been like some comedy shows going on in those situations. Uh, I imagine that probably anybody who listens to our show is probably aware of your show. But Brett, where can people find your shit? Well, we uh, do a podcast is how we started the whole thing. Uh, that's available on Spotify, uh, Google Play, iP- iTunes, all that stuff. It's just Street Fight Radio. Look for it. It's the anvil dropping on a guy's head. A businessman's head is the logo. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been doing it for nine years now, and uh, we have a call-in show every Sunday. That's the the show that happens on Sunday nights. It's three hours long. Um, If you want to watch, if you're somebody that likes live streaming and wants to watch along, uh, we do it on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, so you can see the show that way. And then, you know, we are coming to Means TV uh, in August, Uh, We're going to have a a show and there's even a tour documentary from the Hellfire tour that we did last year uh, down south on the way to the DSA convention. And uh, that's going to be coming out on Means TV. So, yeah, that's that's where we're spending. We're spending most of our time now. Hell yeah. Uh, If you're listening and you have like maybe a boring office job, uh, if you get on the Street Fight Patreon if you if you combine all the Street Fight content that you're getting in a week, it's like at least six hours every week. So that can get you through like at least one day of work just on one show. So it's it's a pretty good bang for your buck. Yeah, Brian is doing Brian started doing premium audio, uh, which means that we have guests and we have to pay for theme songs and so it costs a lot more to put it together. <laughs> uh and those are the five dollar a month and He's covered a lot of stuff like Shocktober and uh, Shock Jocks like Howard Stern and Opie and Anthony and Tom Likas, all the classics. Um, And now we are doing together, I'm as well, uh, a metal podcast. It's called 100 Million Tons of Steel. (laughs) And uh, we're going to do a deep dive. We got... We're talking to some people. We have a few guests, and it'll be a good time. Yeah. All of that premium stuff that you guys put out got me through like several years of an awful job. So I, I highly uh, recommend it, and and thank you for it. It kept me going. <laughs> and uh, yeah, large, great. I mean, largely inspired us to do got, this show as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I got into it because I love podcasters as well. I mean, I, I just, uh, you know, I was very early on. I had a Microsoft Zune. <laughs> And uh, I couldn't afford cable, so I would just download video podcasts to it and then output them to my TV, and uh, I got introduced to so many different people, and, uh, you know, big 
they are a big part of my life yeah, and dude. you know you, i do know i get on these like kicks still with like uh, your kickstarter sucks is one i love a lot where sometimes i'll just be doing something and an hour will go by and i'm like no nah, i want to hear another one i want to hear and just start going into the back catalog because <laughs> you just get you just get it get uh get a hankering for it but thanks for listening i appreciate it and thanks for the support and uh, y'all do a great show you'll seem like uh very nice regular people i love to hear the voices of people of iowa should be spread loud and proud and we're not we're not flyover states at all that's right uh we're hell racers <laughs> we got the iowa ohio right alliance going on oh yeah our iowa activists have leveled up for sure too <laughs> yeah definitely um, major respect to them and i will plug one more time uh since we mentioned it at the beginning the street fight zine the most recent issue, Small Business Tyrants number two, features a story from me, which I am proud of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we've got a lot of stuff too. You know, we've got a Patreon, and I've been putting out uh, roughly like three episodes a month on there. So check it out, Patreon.com/slash Rockheart Caucus. Uh, we're also on all the podcast platforms, but you're already listening to it, so that's not relevant. Uh, one re- like really interesting, cool thing: if you go to our Twitter, Twitter.com/slash Rockheart Caucus, you know. Uh, I I just retweeted our friend Blake who got a custom skateboard deck printed with the logo of our show (laughs) (laughs) designed by our friend Al and it's so fucking cool. (laughs) So if you're listening, check that out. That's great. All right. That's uh, that's Rock Hard Caucus episode 36. Anybody have any other closing remarks before we shut the door here? God bless y'all. Good. Thanks, Brett. Oh. Yeah, have a good one. Yeah, thanks again to our guest, Brett Payne. Thank you so much, Brett. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.